Plot twists. Candy candy floss. Movie tickets. I'm not already good at this. Story arcs. Plot twists. I said plot. Uh, oh. The plot thickens. Oh, Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> Thrillers, serial killers, sharks, good guys, bad guys, dinosaurs, great white sharks, greater white sharks, fast cars, directors, fast women, comedies, dramas, sci-fi, rom-coms, robots, sequels, prequels, VHS, Blu-ray. That's enough, isn't it? That's all right, yeah. I'm James. I'm Maxie. And this is Popped Corn. Hello and welcome to another episode of Popped Corn, where we watch B-grade films in the hope that they're so bad that they're good. I'm Axiom, with me in our Sydney studios is James. Hi. How are you? I'm uh, I'm well, I'm well. All in all, I'm well. Have you recovered since our last uh, expedition together? With uh, Aeroplane versus Volcano? Yes, Dean Kane. The uh, the old Superman. That's right. Not not the best, but uh, certainly one of the uh, the original on our TV screens. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing FDR, American Badass, and see whether it lives up to the best of what B-grade films have to offer. Does it have formulaic storylines and inconsistencies, poor production quality, lesser known or has-been cast, lower budget, and of course, laughable quotes? Well, we're here to find out. First, we'll discuss the cast and the plot. A little bit later, we'll play searchimdb.com and see how highly the film features using that popular film and television website, Search Engine. And then last, but not least, we'll each score the film out of a maximum of five kernels. So, James, do you want to take us through the cast and just exactly what the plot was? Uh, the film opens with FDR and his friends hunting. Uh, he's bitten by a Nazi werewolf, which he then kills, only to find out that he uh, has been infected with polio through the werewolf. Uh, as he's recovering, a cheering crowd of about 10 people outside the window convince him to run for president. So FDR campaigns for his presidency with his friend Lewis, I think, uh, and winds up uh, with, uh, in a house with a very promiscuous couple. He wins the presidency and his son does a poo in a jar. Axis... <laughs> How? <laughs> I've heard him. Axis leaders Hitler, Mussolini, and Hirohito are all werewolves uh, and plan to infect Americans with werewolf polio through liquor, making FDR hold off his plans to end prohibition. Uh, FDR finds a reefer in the Oval Office and smoking it induces a hallucination of Abraham Lincoln. America enters the war and FDR decides to lead America, so he flies a plane in and kills werewolves Hitler and Mussolini who are side-by-side at a foxhole. He returns home. So only now hearing you read out the synopsis does that entire film make sense, and that's after watching it. I didn't quite understand the prohibition um, element to it, but thank you very much for um, for laying that out for me. I'm feeling a common thread throughout these uh, podcasts. I feel the, the current reviews online um, can either swing entirely this movie sucked or entirely this movie was brilliant. There's no middle ground, is there? No, there's never a middle ground. There's no five-star rating. I mean, there is. There's very seldomly a five-star rating. It's usually zero stars or ten stars. <laughs> That's right. Uh, on IMDb, uh, Roger DeBacca said, This film is a disaster. <laughs> Lloyd 532502662 said, I love this movie. Thank goodness he gave us a serial number. <laughs> Otherwise, he'd be unrecognizable. <laughs> Osti Jake or Osti Jake said this movie was so good. I think it's spectacular and worth watching. Uh, but other reviews said tiresome, annoying, not funny, disappointing, and simply awful. Mm. 
Now, which of those words do you recognise as something that you feel towards this film? Uh, look, I, I was quite taken aback with the film. In the first five minutes, I actually thought that we'd chosen quite a good film. But after the first five minutes, I wondered what on earth it was that we were doing watching, watching this. I thought that it was going to be rather funny and enjoyable, but then the jokes quite quickly gave way to just four-letter swearing and yep. uh, just tirades that didn't seem to make much sense. They seem to make the jokes happen too often. There was, there was always a joke. Every 10 seconds there was a joke. And um, I think one in maybe 20 or 30 jokes was... They landed. Yeah. Yeah. Some were quite funny. I, I laughed out loud yeah. about three or four times. But, you know, is that worth it? If the movie is one hour, 30 minutes, that is 30 minutes for each, each, each really good joke. Yeah, that's true. I quite liked the historical revisionist take on Hitler, Mussolini, and Hirohito being werewolves. Mm. No background as to why they were werewolves. They just were. Um, but I quite like the joke where Hirohito, Mussolini, and uh, Hitler decided that they'd had enough of FDR in America and they were going to finally invade and take over the world. Right. And Hitler decides that he'll invade Austria, Czechoslovakia, and Poland. Hirohito says he'll invade China and Mussolini decides that he'll invade Ethiopia to which the other two decide to tease him and ask what exactly does he think he's doing because that's not a real country in their estimation. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. When the werewolf attacked you in bitcher you released a small stream of you've got the polio Frank does my cack still work? No, this cast, actually, they've, they've done some stuff. They have. FDR was played by Barry Bostwick, famous for Hawaii Five-O, Scrubs, Ugly Betty, and Glee. Mm-hmm. Lynn Shea played Eleanor Roosevelt from There's Something About Mary, Snakes on a Plane, and My Name is Elle. Mm-hmm. Bruce McNeil played Lewis. Uh, you may recognize him from American Dad, Family Guy, Collateral, and Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Kerry Lynn Pratt played a promiscuous Marietta Buford, previously in Sabrina, CSI, something or other, Family Guy, Seventh Heaven. Uh, she's been pretty busy. Uh, and the writer, Ross Patterson, starred as Cleveland Buford, uh, her husband, uh, famous for The New Guy, Three Matthew McConaughey's and a Baby, Darnell Dawkins' Mouth Guitar Legend. Uh, Kevin Sorbo played the apparition of Abraham Lincoln. Mm. Uh, famous for Hercules, Piranha Sharks. Actually, though, he was famous for 13 separate Hercules productions. Was he really? What films or TV shows? Uh, I think it was both. Um, don't forget Ray Wise, who played General Douglas MacArthur. And he played... He was in X-Men. Uh-huh. And a few other things. Yeah, he's in stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd watch this film and you'd say, uh-huh. Oh, that guy. That guy. I know, that guy from something. Yeah, he's mm. been in a few things. That's right. Albert Einstein, the real jackass. Shut the fuck up! Einstein! Um, you know this movie, um, FDR, who was a president who went and attacked werewolves, came out around the same time as uh, Abe Lincoln, Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. No, I think if the people who made Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Slayer, were walking down the street and saw the people who made FDR, Badass, walking towards them, they'd probably walk to the other side of the street and ignore them. Probably. Marco! Now, at some point during this film, you got up and walked away. With the full intention of coming back. Right, right. 
Um, and I thought, what if I pause it? And then, and then I thought, no, 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 it's all right. I'll just tell him what had happened when you came back. And then when you came back, I, I nothing's happened. I had nothing to say to you. <laughs> and as I was walking away, I was half expecting that you would ask, should I pause it? And I was willing, ready to say, no, don't bother. <laughs> don't bother. Just whatever makes this film go faster. If anything, fast forward it. <laughs> Germany, Italy, Japan, my joining forces. I say we go to war. You are preaching to the gas chamber on this one. Uh, so there were a number of quotes from the film. And as I said, at the very beginning, I thought the film was going to be incredibly funny and witty. And in large parts, it was. But as you've said, really, it was every kind of fifth or tenth joke was was a joke that landed and hit its mark. Um, so the quotes, I won't... I can only read out a few select quotes because of our editorial guidelines that we adhere to quite strictly. I found it quite funny, perhaps at the beginning when um, when he was first diagnosed with polio and another young boy called Timmy, also with polio, is wheeled in to see his hero. And he says uh, to, um, to uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, hello, Mr. Roosevelt, to which FDR replies, please call me governor. <laughs> <laughs> I found quite funny. He also when, kept on calling Tommy, Timmy, or Timmy or Tommy or Johnny or something. And that was good as well. That was good. What was good about that, it was underplayed. Yes. Every other joke in the movie was just like, here's a joke, here's a joke. Yeah, like when uh, he's down at the docks and uh, one of the other dockmen starts um, talking to him and he's quite clearly, the dialogue is quite clearly the lyrics from uh, John Bon Jovi's uh, Living on a Prayer and the document starts talking to him about um, talking about how Tommy used to work on the docks and the union's been on strike. And if you understood the lyrics and you understood that it was a John Bon Jovi joke, it possibly wasn't a laugh out loud joke. It was a laugh inside joke. But then at the end, they made a direct reference to uh, John Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer, That's which right. I just thought... There's a, there's a gratification that comes with knowing a joke, mm-hmm. but then I think that gratification is cheapened by then coming in at the end and saying this was what the joke was all about. That's right. If you have to explain why you've made the punchline, then it's not really a joke. Mm. Yeah. I guess they, uh, I find movies often explain something the way they would in real life, but then they, they, they say it again to dumb it down so everyone understands what's happening. Mm. And I found myself in movies sometimes. Um, there's a, a conversation that's so uh, intricate and detailed, and I kind of like, I don't get everything. And then at the end of the conversation, they go, what I mean is, let's go get the bad guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I kind of, that's what they did in this. Like, yeah. we, we all understood, especially you, that it was, <laughs> it was living on a prayer. Like Bon Jovi. But, uh, you know. Um, and another, another quote, which I found quite funny, but maybe shouldn't have, was when he first met General Douglas MacArthur, who says, my father was a midget, so I'll keep this short. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was uh, the best of a bad bunch of jokes. But many of the quotes, which we won't repeat here, I think um, just relied too much on, um, on, on you know, crude swearing and so on. I don't think it was... If it's used in a very select manner, then it, it, it exemplifies the fact that it's a rarefied use of the word. And when you do use it, it can be quite funny. We both watched a documentary on FDR. Very recently. How do you feel that documentary compares historically <laughs> to this movie we just saw called FDR, An American Badass? 
I think that the makers of this particular film were trying to choose elements from history where they could align themselves as, clear as clearly as possible. So his best friend Lewis is Louis Howe, I think, uh, his chief advisor. The reference to having an affair with his personal assistant, I believe, is a real event as well, one that was known to his wife. He was at war with um, Germany, Italy and Japan. So I think those elements have maintained as much fidelity to as possible, but obviously the rest have made up on, on the fly. Do you think Basil Badoka? I don't know. I don't know if this is a hagiography to FDR, if actually the, the makers of this film are fans of FDR and this is, is, this is their tribute to him or whether they, they, don't, they, they, they don't like him and this is, a, um, this is a knock against him or they don't find anything sacred and they don't find anything <laughs> wrong in, in, in taking the mickey out of him. I, I'm going with Hutchinson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this film, obviously, FDR, badass American, about Franklin Delano Roosevelt, President of the United States. I'm going to read out a couple of titles here from other films. I'm wondering whether you, um, A, have watched them, and B, can um, associate them with the correct uh, president. Uh, So what I'll do is I'll read out the titles. I'll even read out the year that they were made, and then you tell me which president they are about. All the President's Men from 1976. I couldn't tell you. Um, Is it LBJ? No, it's Richard Nixon. Okay. Hyde Park on Hudson from 2012. I mean, that's a bummer, I'm sure. No, don't, so don't, don't, figure, don't think too much about the year in this instance. Hyde Park on Hudson? Hyde Park on Hudson. We watched a film about this president today. FDR? Yes. <laughs> uh, w from 2008. Okay. What am I, what am I, what's, what's the, what's the overall question here? <laughs> Which president is this about? Okay, George W. Bush. Well done. Fantastic. Good, good. The War Room from 1993. The War Room. Um, that, that feels Cold War. And uh, because of that, I'm thinking it was the Reagan. Bill Clinton. Okay. 13 Days, made in 2000. Starring Kevin Costner. 13 Days. Now, Set in 1962, I'll give you that clue. Okay. So that was... Uh, Pre-Vietnam, which means it was pre-LBJ, and I'm not sure. John F. Kennedy. Okay. And last but not least, Lincoln, made in 2012. That was about Lincoln. It was about Lincoln. Fantastic. I think the werewolf might have come from Germany. Motherfucker! So many U.S. presidents are famously known by their full name, including middle name. Which of the following middle names goes with which president? Millhouse. FDR. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> FDR is not the answer to all these questions. <laughs> Richard Nixon. Was it? Richard Millhouse Nixon. Jefferson. Um, the guy I've mentioned a few times who's name right now, I forget. <laughs> LBJ. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bill Clinton. Was it? Okay. Uh, and last but not least, Wilson. George Bush. No. <laughs> no. Ronald Reagan. Was it? Yeah, Ronald Reagan. Okay, right. Ronald I guess Wilson Reagan, I hope. I get my Reagans and my Nixons confused. Yep, they're all the same. So now it's time to play searchimdb.com to use that famous film and television website search engine and find out just how quickly it guesses the name of the film we've just watched. 
So here we go. I'm typing in F D R, and straight away, FDR, American Badass, That's... comes up. Well, the second film is called Franklin D. Roosevelt, and, and the third about... film, <laughs> it's about another Franklin D. Roosevelt. Because no, there were two was... Roosevelts. Well, the other one was a president. And they were incestuous cousins of some sort. <laughs> I think they were related, yeah. And the third film is FDR, The Last Year. Okay. So, And the fourth one is called FDR, The Man in the White House. And the fifth one is FDR, Presidency Revealed. And the sixth one is called FDR, A One-Man Show. Right. So there you go. To be the top FDR film is, you know, no small achievement. Definitely not. Well, well done, Mr. Bostwick. And so I guess we're almost finished now, mm. uh, but we have to review the film. We do. Uh, we have to give this a review out of um, zero to five kernels of we popcorn. Do. We do. Um, can, I, can I let you go first? I've sure. got my own opinion. Initially, I thought the film was going to be funny and enjoyable. However, eventually the light humour gave way to an abundance of crudeness with too much swearing, exemplified by the scene in which FDR wins the presidential election which sees his son defecate into a jar. While many of the gags seemed linked to some actual historical event, such as when Hitler and Hirohito teased Mussolini over his invasion of Ethiopia, it is difficult to understand why they persisted with this particular gag, which continued throughout the film until the final scene where his son attempts to pass poo off as chocolate mousse. Although this finally feels like a B-grade film where people seem like they're in on the joke rather than the butt of it, the extended scenes, for the sake of cramming in forced jokes, came at the expense of telling a story that actually makes sense. Notwithstanding these issues, individual scenes were great. For instance, where FDR busts Mussolini's mafia goons down at the docks, mm. who are illegally importing werewolf-infected polio-laced wine, beer and sake intended to poison Americans and turn them into werewolves. He busts them by using a modified wheelchair fitted with machine guns and rockets. Had they stuck to these kinds of visual gags rather than continuously attempt to shock with four-letter-worded insider jokes, I think the film would have been much better. Mm. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll give it a two. Well, I'll give it a three. Right. <laughs> On par with uh, Lost in the Pacific. I know. Brandon Ruth. I think that's it. I think that's it. Our unpaid intern is Archie. Our tech expert is Damo. And thank you, Damo. I've been Maxie. And I'm James. And you've been listening to Popcorn. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you in our next episode. How in the world are we going to storm the beaches of Normandy, take down an entire army of werewolves, and still make it to a French titty bar by last call?